Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about the person who wants to play dot, 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 dot. <laughs> well, when somebody comes up to the GM and wants to play something really out of the ordinary. Okay. Now, almost every player is going to do this at some point or another. They don't want to play a fighter. They want to play. They want to play something really off the beaten path. And that's okay. I think that that's that's good, right? Okay. You know, it's, it's people are expressing their uh, individuality, their individualism, and want to be different, want to be uh, not the same as everybody else, and want not to be this like normal thing that everybody else is. An example. Well, I mean. Th- there's a ton of examples. If you look at the the D&D books, there's all kinds of uh, alternate classes. There's all ty- kinds of, of new species that you can be or race you can be or I think now they call them uh, backgrounds. I don't know what it is. But like a tabaxi, right? Tabaxi is the rabbit? I think so. Right. And so, I mean, I never thought about playing a rabbit in AD&D. It's not an actual rabbit. It's a rabbit... It's a, a large rabbit race of peoples. Right. Of rabbits. Of humanoid people. Yes. Well, I think it's kind of funny, but it's weird because like in the Gamma world, there's a race of... of, of, of uh, large rabbit, rabbits. Large rabbits. There's two of them. But the one that's really funny or comes to mind is the hoppers. Hoppers or the hops? I forget what's the name. But they were like these bunny characters, bunny people. You couldn't play them. But they were uh, denizens of the gamma world, and they would touch. If they touch metal, they make it into rubber. <laughs> so they were really dangerous if you fought them, like with weapons and stuff, because they would touch your touch your, your sword. sword and they become rubber, right? It's, it's this comedic thing. But they were really nasty little creatures, right? No, they weren't little either. So the books allow you to become these weird, a variety you know, of characters, a variety of of different. Racist. I don't want to say that word, but I don't know what else to call it. Creatures, right? Uh, tabaxi is one. I think there's one. Uh, you can play a cat. Is it a cat one? Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's a cat somewhere in there. I don't know. I know there's cats in space opera. Yes, the cats and dogs in space operas. So there's a lot of stuff that make you make people want to play something that allow people to play something really different. Because people like those kind of options. They want to be different. And that's okay. I don't mind. I have have Tieflings. People like to play tieflings. Yeah, I don't know the, the, the draw of tieflings. I think they're... I really haven't looked into Because that. they're cool. <laughs> I haven't really looked into tiefling, tieflings that much or any of the alternate groups of people that you can play. Although in the D&D world, playing a tiefling could be troublesome because... Most people, when demons come along or demon-like characters come along, they don't want to talk to them. Right. Uh, and they're so very, it's harder to investigate if you're a tiefling. As far as I know, yeah, because they have a tail and everything, right? They look very devilish yes. in a way. And I always thought that was weird that w- that somebody would want to play that because I don't know how, oh, what do you call it, common they are? I think maybe because of what's the the character that all the books are written about the drow elf drizzit drizzit yeah but he's not a demon i know but he's a dark elf 
That's true. That he's misunderstood and all kinds of different things, right? Yeah, fish out of water. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think when Drizzt first came out, mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted to be yeah. dark elves. And to the point, to the to the point, or for that matter, the ranger class that he was, mm-hmm. they incorporated that stuff into into uh into the rules mm-hmm. because uh, what is his name jeez I, I forgot his name the author of of the salvatore yes robert salvatore uh, i believe is the first name uh r a salvatore yeah he the, he was just writing about his friend's camp him and his friend's campaign yeah. literally that's what the adventures were mm-hmm. and and i'm not sure the if the dual wielding the shimitar drill was first or the rules for being able to do that in 3.5 were first i think i i know his stories go way back so if he goes before 2000 then he inspired those kinds of that rule of a ranger being able to do wield mm-hmm. into into rules and a lot of people loved that idea and there was a lot of dual wielding drills around uh post uh 3.5 when I think that was instigated and you could be a draw, draw, draw. I don't even know how to say it right. People tell me different every time. Obviously, what is that? A popular culture or, or book, literary culture can impact the RPG world in that sense because people want to be like that. Kind of like the Conan the Barbarian, right? The people want to be a barbarian after Conan the movie came out. I think that that kind of stuff happens. So being different and being... Uh, not the usual kind of character is enticing to a lot of players. Wasn't the one of the characters in the D and D movie recently at the one of the the she was a teeth part tiefling because she had little horns and a tail. Oh yeah, I think she was part tiefling. Yeah, but they didn't make her look like no, they did no. no. I think that was well, it was a movie, yes. so I wanted I her to be cute. I envisioned the tieflings to be kind of like Darth Maul looking. Darth Maul from the Star Wars. Yeah, you know what the. But the, yeah, I don't know yeah, if they were facial the, tattoos or not, but but the the black or red eye, you know, red coloring and stuff. Anyway, at the very least, they have a tail and have horns somehow. Yeah, and uh, usually they look a little different color tinges of skin color. So again, I, I one of my players wanted to become a tiefling, and I go, well, do you, I go, you understand that there's not a lot of tieflings around where you're at. It is not a society of tieflings, or and people aren't exposed to tieflings that much, so you might cause people a little bit of alarm i don't even know i want to say alarm but hesitation in dealing with you and he had a high charisma and he kept going i have a high charisma i go well a high charisma for tieflings but other people may not see you as being charismatic but charisma is also being able to talk to people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so i kind of understood where he was coming from but again i was like well i think i know if you come small town Late at night, you may not get a good reaction. And so, but he was dead set on being a tiefling. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're willing to deal with that kind of, you know, uh, reaction of you and your character, the way he looks, then I don't care. Fine. And players, uh, his his dad in the, in the, in a in the Shadow Run game, you know, he was kind of an odd character. I didn't even know he was female until at one point somebody said something. I go, "You have a female character," and I was was taken. That back was the GM's. I'm not going to say problem. The GM not doing his homework and reading the character sheet to see what the person was. Yeah, I agree. 
I really should. I mean, they, they've thrown me for loops left and right lately, and not lately, within the past 15 years. So I should, when they say, oh, I'm going to make a character, I give me the character. And I do ask for the character sheets, but sometimes they, they you, get them. You ask for them, but you don't actually read them. Yeah, that's that's the second part, is the reading part. So that is a crucial point of... Uh, of paying attention to what characters players are making, but in this, but for the most part, though, I've been running games since about 1980, uh, space opera, dark conspiracy, D and D, and I've run all, all kinds of games since then because I like you can I like the the new shiniest thing lately, and I buy it and I try to run it at least once, and I've had characters characters i had yeah characters players come up to me come to the game and say oh i want to play this i want to play that i'm like that's kind of odd and to me it's odd but it's not like ridiculous but luckily there's this thing called the internets have you heard of that honey and it's very it's very intriguing because it allows anybody to share information about stuff that they experience and some of these people out there have experienced some weird pretty weird stuff like you, you came across some person who wanted to play. Was it a five-year-old? Yes. And a tiefling. Yes. A five-year-old, and I'm guessing it's a D and D game because it's tiefling's his, his character. And then, since he was five years old, he couldn't read. <laughs> he wanted to be. <laughs> I believe he wanted to be a magic user. <laughs> well, I easy enough, easy enough. If you're going to be a, a magic user, and so what was funny is is that when Jolene told me that, I didn't even. I just went straight to GM mode, right? Like, what wh- what is going to go with this character, right? Like, uh, what obstacles is he going to have? Or, or what, what is it? What circumstances is this character going to have to face in a certain sense as far as his attributes and stuff like that? So I forget what it is. In most games, there is an aging chart, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get a certain age, you start losing your... Your strength, like if you hit fifty and you start losing your constitution, and so because you're aging, right? The, the idea that as you get older, you get weaker and not as strong, but you get wiser. Maybe your intelligence goes up, but usually, the, and there's a chart for adolescents, like young people, but usually they don't go as young as five years old. I don't think I've ever seen a chart that goes that far down. And there, I remember there's a chart for uh, like children, goblins, or orcs, or something like that. It's, why you need those stats who cares but but anyway well there was one one adventure i think it was a keep on the borderlands where you go into a room that is a nursery of hill giants so that's a problematic uh, scene these days because what is a homer hobo supposed to do with the children full of hill giants Walk out of the room. The younglings, right? What are you going to do with the younglings? Walk out of the room. So if you've seen Star Wars, you, you get my reference. But but anyway, so other than that, I don't haven't seen anything that refers to like what kind of stats you would have. So in my brain, I immediately start saying, well, you you know, you'd probably have a minus two to your strength, a minus two to your constitution, uh, wisdom and, and and intelligence are way down. And then and then Jolene uh, reminded me that it was a five year old, so I, a five year old can't read. I I have a lot of problems with someone wanting to play a five year old. So, so like okay, so if you if you can't read, then it wants to be a magic. He has to be a sorcerer, or she has to be a sorcerer. They have to be a sorcerer. So because it's innate ability. Yes. Right. But then I start thinking. I go, well, what a five year old. I remember when my son was five years old. I go, what kind of 
cognitive ability does he have at five year old at five years old and how are the other players supposed to react to a five-year-old? You're not going to take him on an adventure with you. you put him in a, in a backpack. You would. Ha- <laughs> he's not a. He's not a goblin that you found or something. But well, I tried. I tried to put my head around it as a GM, right? But then it hit me like I go five-year-old, and I'm trying to think about when I was a five-year-old, and my son's now 19, and I remember when he was a five-year-old, right? There's no way that kid could go adventuring at five years old. There's just no way. No kid goes adventuring at five years old. I mean, they go they go where, where people tell them to. They go, maybe adventuring in the backyard. Yeah. If you have a nice backyard. They go adventuring and all, all these. But only for a little while. Yeah, because then they get tired and they want to eat and go, yeah. go, go to sleep and yeah. take a nap. I was like, okay. And and then immediately, I'm still trying to, trying to make this work, right, as a GM, because that's my job. So I'll start thinking about, Ender's Game, because Ender's Game, I think the characters in the book are between the ages of 6 and 12. And at the, when I first read it, I, okay, by the way, people, I hate Ender's Game. I know that's going to turn a lot of people off. It was a brilliant science fiction game. Every time I went to a bookstore, I go, good science fiction. Oh, they would always point to Ender's Game. I absolutely hated it, right? I thought it was ridiculous. I knew the premise right away that about I ain't gonna I ain't gonna spoil it for you. But it was a stupid premise. The I book's been out for a while, babe. Yeah, it was since the 70s, I think. And the one thing I couldn't jump over the hoop was that these little kids were like battling each other, breaking each other's arms, you know, with Kung Fu or martial arts or some sort of fighting technique. And I'm thinking they're five, they're six and seven and eight years old. Right. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. And then I thought, well, maybe in our society we coddle or we don't give a lot of independence to, to our children. Right. You know, like the Spartans, they they were like really. They still didn't send their five year olds off to <laughs> I, battle. I forget they did send their kids off to, but not five year olds to go kill a wolf or, or a cougar. Not at five years old. Uh, yeah, it wasn't five years. Old. I suppose I think it was like ten or twelve, or fourteen. Even then, I, I I couldn't get my head over the age in in Ender's Game. Oh yeah. And then I read up on it, right, about Ender's Game and about the the characters or the actors that they got, right. So they, they were they were interviewing actors for the for these parts. And they found that from the ages of, of six, they were playing actually ages from seven to 12, act, the child actors would have, they would have two things. They would be able to play angry and upset real easy, or, or they could play like concerned and thoughtful. But they found that they couldn't do both of them. They couldn't do both within, right? yeah. with that, the, at that age. Yeah. So they had to find a 13 year old to play. Uh, I think they, in, the, in the movie, he was 11 years old, Ender. And uh, I forget the, the character's the actor's name. But if they can't even find somebody to act like a seven year old or, or. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they can't even find. So somebody. how is the, the player going to act like a five year old? Or how is that? How is the actual little kid gonna be able to react and act in, in an adventure it's not possible that they're well it's possible but it's a five-year-old so it's would, not gonna be they would cease to function right yeah. and then if you're playing they're D&D, not gonna have a sword it's gonna be bigger than them <laughs> they're not gonna shoot a bow or anything like that i mean they're a five-year-old so they're not gonna have hardly any hit points either that was another thing. They would be like kobolds. They'd be like zero or half a hit point. But as my son would say, it's basically a hit point character. As your son would say, it doesn't matter if it's half a hit point or one hit point. It's a, it's treated the same. And he's right. So and if this is D&D because he's a tiefling, what is that character going to do? 
I don't know, but my adventuring party wouldn't take a five-year-old with them. They would find its mother and give it back to them. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or leave it at the at the end with someone watching it. Yeah, they might find an orphan out there, right? Yes, but if you find an orphan but on the road, you're not going to add them to your party as a fighter. As you're, an adventurer. You're going to take them to wherever they should go, to an orphanage or something. And then how well can that character communicate and then as and how is the player really going to act like a five-year-old that is a huge problem so i don't know what the motivation for that is but well that's what you would do right i think that that's what i I couldn't i I still can't get my head around it right Uh, how can a five-year-old do anything in an adventuring party as in a game which is combat heavy like D &D. D &D is a combat game no matter what you think about it there's a lot of rules even if it's a mystery game it yes. turns into a combat it's game it usually turns into a combat game because it's combat oriented a lot of rules about combat and that means it's a combat game and, and then I didn't even think about it till much later is that you have a five year old that's being put in danger or could be put in danger in every in a lot of situations so which the other players right. not even the characters are yes. going to go what? Yeah, uh, they may not feel comfortable especially if they have children and there's all kinds of things that that scream problematic in allowing this to happen so regardless of all those problems right do you think this person just told this guy i want to play this because he just wanted to see what he would do (laughs) see if you let him play i have no idea but let's say he really wants to play this five-year-old first of all i think i would have to ask the person okay what kind of game do you want well what are you looking for what, what yeah i think more even more personal than that right more introspective would be like what kind of game do you want to explore because playing a five-year-old is a different kind of game than a normal game, right? To me, as I, that's what I would say. You know, what do you want to do with this character? What stories do you want to tell about this five-year-old child adventuring? And oh, I don't have the answer to that because that person, because I, uh, I, I have no idea what that answer would be. Or you know, what is what is your goal? Of what playing? is your motivation? What is yeah? What is your motivation of wanting to play a small child in a very grown up world? Like even today, right? Yeah. Even today, if I mean they talk about people who are really smart, right? The genius people, kids, and they go to college and stuff. And sometimes, even though they're smart and have knowledge, they lack the experience and they lack maturity to deal with certain situations in college, right? Mm-hmm. Quite a few of them. And that's just college. That's just something that's very, uh, what is it, uh, orderly, right? You go to class, your professor gives you homework. Uh, the chaotic world of medieval fantasy world is... Is, is not that. It's not that, right? So I would ask that person, you know, why do you Because the first play? question would be, why is a five-year-old in a bar? <laughs> is there a movie where, why is there a baby in a bar? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I think it was Sweet Home Alabama. That's what it was. Anyway, so... I would ask that question of that player. Well, why do you want to play this? And then, and then, if they give you a good answer, which I I can't, I don't even know what a good answer would be. I guess I like uh, I forget what justice it was, but they'll say well, when I hear it, I'll know it, right? If you give me one, I don't know. I can't answer that question because I can't come up with a good answer of why you would want to play a five year old. But the but the idea that you could actually play a five year old to me seems almost non-existent. I mean, just. To me, there's no chance that you could play that young of a character and be successful. I don't know. I mean, 
And you also need to take into consideration that the rest of the party might not want to adventure with a five-year-old. Yes. And then they, want, they wouldn't want to put a five-year-old in danger. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know. The, and the, would you have to stop on the road for them to take their nap every day? I mean, and then, and then you have to go to bed early because like at seven because they're five. Yeah. Because uh, how much stamina do they have? They have absolutely none. And when they get cranky. Yes. I mean. They don't, they're not going to shut up even though there's, you know, they're trying to sneak through Stimpy. I don't care. They're five. Yes. Strange. I, I, it boggles my mind still. Uh, and maybe the guy was just trying to be funny. Maybe he was just trying to be funny. But it does, inter- it does uh, raise some interesting points about strange. People playing different characters. Right. And why? Extremely different play- characters. I think the, the weirder they are, it's fine. But I think at some point, you're going to say, look at a, at a player and go, no, I can't allow you to play a five-year-old. It doesn't make sense to me. Whatever. Even, I mean, unless they, unless they come up with something good, which I can't come up with my own, on my own. Well, you, so, to- you also told me about a guy that yes. wanted to play an old man. <laughs> so this is actually, I think it was from another podcast. So they, they were playing a World of Darkness game, which is like vampires and stuff like that. And they were, I think they were playing... They might have been playing vampires or vampire hunters. I think that's what it was. Right? They were like, uh, and and one of the characters, one of the players, wanted to play this old man who owned a bar. So the guy, oh, that's cool. You know, that could be a meeting place for the people to gather. Blah blah blah. But it turned out uh, after the game started, the old man never wanted to leave, the player never wanted to leave the bar. It was oh, I got things to do. Well, we got to go after this vampire. Well, uh, I got customers. I got to stay at the bar, and so. At first it was okay, and then it's like you actually never want to leave the bar. You never, you never, you never want to. And he goes, "Well, I'm ninety something or eighty something years old." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Why did you make that character?" <laughs> so I think uh, I think it was intriguing for the GM when he first heard of this. He goes, "Oh, you want to play an old guy? So you're not gonna be like rough and tumble. You're gonna be a thinking person, right? You're gonna strategize." So if he never wants to leave the bar, then the party's always gonna be split unless they're visiting the bar, right? He's just you know, not going to do anything during the, yeah, the adventure. Yeah, unless the, 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 he's there for the planning phases, and that's it. And that's it. So, what do you do in that situation? Well, obviously, the, you know, there was not a meeting of the minds between the GM and the, <laughs> and the, and the player. That is, I think that's the the whole thing about this episode is that if people want to play weird things, whatever it is, and by weird I just mean different, right. as in I want to be a tiefling. Okay, tieflings are, if you're in D&D, they may not come across, you know, when you walk into town, the people might run. Or even worse, a village. Like if, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, well, maybe they do realize it, that, that people didn't leave their village very often, right? They didn't experience very different types of people coming in. And strangers were dangerous. So, so that's one thing, right? You, so you're going to have obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. Right. Or say... You're playing a character that you want it to be odd, right? I've played in games where the guy talked with a with a a, a lisp because he thought it would add character to the character, right? Right, right. Add pizzazz, or someone says, "I limp, so I can't run," right? right that right. kind of thing. And I've been in that game too, going, "Okay, I'm not sure what the motivation is, but we have to figure out what points. we're doing with you, right?" Points. You get points for having a limp. You get points for yeah, having a limp? Depending on the game. 
unless it's D and D, but like a, a game where you get points, like Karma or like, oh, like yeah. Shadowrun or yeah. GURPS. Yeah, you take a, a disability or or not. Well, uh, Shadowrun. Kathy's current character can't drive because she took some some ability where that was good but as as one of the side effects of the karma that she used for that she had to take a disadvantage, a, a disadvantage which was she can't drive well a lot a lot of my players are, are alcoholics or alcoholics or addicted to it stim it doesn't come yeah. into play very often as it should but sometimes it does like sometimes yeah it does. yeah and i think but, that's part of that that mechanic that right disadvantage you want more points than you're legally or Standard. You want more than the twenty-five karma you or, you or get, whatever. yeah, or hundred points in grips, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you go well if I if I if I take a limp, I lose an alarm, I can get uh, another ten to fifteen points. So. But then you have to figure out how you're going to play that character. For one, are you really going to play it like that? And two, right. how the other players and player characters are going to assist or not assist you in these different things you want to do like being a tiefling right yeah but being an old man that wants to stay in his bar all the time is fine <laughs> but that just says to me like our friend chris sometimes he wants to come over when we're playing role-playing games and stuff but he's like i'm a, i'm an old man now i don't want to argue i don't want to i don't want to play in it i just want to sit here and watch you guys and yeah even when we play board games which yeah. are easy entry into playing sometimes he'll play but he so. likes to to just be around people right? right so i can see that so you want to play an old man character that just sits in the bar everybody else goes out adventuring and you can just sit on the couch and watch right yes yes but playing a five-year-old um i'm gonna go if i'm playing in that party and i know some of my friends especially <laughs> kathy is gonna go we're not taking a five-year-old on the road. Do you know how, how hard that would be? <laughs> and why, if we found a five-year-old on the road, we'd take them to the nearest village and give them to the priest or somebody to take care of because you don't want to be responsible for that kid getting hurt during your adventure. Right. And I think that... So that would be the adventure, getting the five-year-old somewhere, right? right? Versus... versus the. You, you're not going to give him a knife or or a bow or anything. I think people have been have been influenced by certain shows and movies and books. For example, I don't remember that. Okay, I'm going to go Game of Thrones oh, here. Gosh. Game of Thrones, uh, great character, Arya Stark. Right at one point, she is being taught to fight with a sword, mm -hmm. but it, it's more like a real thin sword. I uh, I don't know the proper name anyway be. so he she's being taught by this grandmaster right and he's telling her it has nothing to do with size it has nothing to do it has to do with skill and it has to do with quickness and stuff so she becomes really good at using a sword of a small nature not this big old freaking yeah, yeah. broad sword but like a like a fencing sword almost i don't know if a saber would be the title anyway but she she even even gives her a sword i forget what it's called a special sword uh valerian steel even so this grandmaster's teaching her for a, quite a while, right? And then her whole world uh, gets upturned and she no longer has this grandmaster. Uh, anyway, so I forget what age she is. I think she's supposed to be eight or nine, right? And I don't know. Uh, she goes to trials and tribulations. The whole family does of the Starks. And uh, I think at one point she becomes like 12 or 13. I don't know. I don't know. But she's like really good at fighting. So I think those kind of stories where you look like Ender's Game, Game of Thrones, I just forgot her name, whatever her name is, Stark. Uh, 
Ara, Ara, Arya Stark, or something like that. Anyway, those kind of, it kind of influence people's brains, and they go, "Oh, I want to play a little kid, or I want to play somebody really young." And then at the same time, they do have older people who are playing in, in Game of Thrones, other characters who are really old, who are like stalwarts, right? They're they're still in the fight because of their, not because their their body is that much fantastic, but only because of their mind, right? They're like, I'm not going to give up, even though my body's falling apart. So those kind of things might happen, but they're very rare. And I think some people might take it too far with the with the five year old. And some people might take it too far with somebody who's old, but doesn't want to leave a bar, right? Because the person has to leave a bar no matter what, you know, to go live, go get groceries. So I, I think the, the takeaway is that if you want to play a different kind of character, right. you need to get your GM1 to agree with you with it. And you need, you need to get the other people, that's where, where session zero would come in. <laughs> yeah. The other people in your group to, to agree to it. And I don't believe that I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you all want to play five-year-olds, and then it can be a very interesting game. But it wouldn't be much of an adventure unless you, it could be an adventure in your in the uh, nursery or something. <laughs> well, I do I do run a game called uh, Tales from the Loop where the characters are ten to fifteen. They do some pretty amazing stuff as a ten-year-old. Yeah, but. It's it's written that way, and they're not five, right? They're ten. Ten-year-olds ten. can usually get on their bike. Well, in my day, yeah, oh and yeah. and go wherever they want. Wherever you needed to go. Now it's probably not, but yeah, not where I live anyway. You probably could. I've seen kids riding all over the place, but you're right. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that I'm shocked. You are actually saying something about positive about session zero. <laughs> Just give me the googly eyes. <laughs> I'm not giving him googly eyes. I'm giving him the, the duh. Well, it's, you don't seem to like the session zero because it's like a session that you could play instead of just this number crunching game. The, what do you call it? We've talked about it before. You could do session zero over email or ah, something like that. Yes, that's true. And I have done that yes. in the past, yes. And it went off really well. Or if you're going to do a session zero where they're just making characters, fine, whatever. But... You're, you're missing out on the, you actually got the people in the room together. You should be playing the game. That's just, that's a wasted opportunity yes. to play. Yes. Oh, maybe half and half to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And then it's just half an adventure on that day. <laughs> so I think uh, people are going to, as if you GM long enough, people are going to come up to you asking to play some outrageous characters. So when you, when you tell your GM you want to play this outrageous character and he goes, no, not in my game. And he doesn't even give you a chance to explain yourself. You'll know why. As a GM, I hope that doesn't happen because if people are really invested in playing a character, ask them why they want to play. What is so intriguing about this character? And maybe you're not gonna—they're not gonna get to play the the exact character they want. Maybe they don't want. Maybe your GM won't let you play a five-year-old, but it'll let you play a sixteen-year-old or twelve-year-old. Yeah, uh, sixteen. I mean, it depends on the game. I mean, if it's D and D, a first level character is between eighteen and twenty five, right? I think they might be as young as sixteen or yeah. 18. So you could you could push it there, but I mean, I'm you're a, for a you're a, you're a first year you're a first year char- first level character, so you don't have very many hit points anyway. Why would you want to give up more hit points to <laughs> play a younger person? I don't know. I'm big for a five, especially years. a sorcerer. You really don't have any uh, hit points. <laughs> I'm big for five. I'm gonna stand behind the fighter here, and you're going, and, and one of the people in your party is obviously gonna be a barbarian, right? 
Uh, Why you obviously? I'm just saying, if you want to play a five-year-old, so I'm going to be a barbarian. I want to be like Conan. <laughs> so I think that, that very necessary to avoid a lot of conflict. You just talk to your GM about characters, about your character. I think as, as a GM, you should always have a session zero. Or at the very, always look over yes. the characters that you're allowing to play. Make sure that everybody's on the same page. Because if I showed up to a game and they, they oh, my character's five. I'd be going, what? <laughs> or I'd you, give it a few minutes and I'm going, huh? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's important is the communication between the players and the GM. And the easiest way to do that is to have a session zero or like you said, you know, do it online. It takes a little bit more work as a GM to do that stuff because you have to keep track of all the emails. You got to send emails. You got to badger the people that give you emails back or respond to emails, as they say. And so when not you, that he's bitter or anything, I've done it both. I don't think have we really had a session zero. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think we've ever had an actual session zero, but I have had the... The emails going back and forth where I'm like, okay. we did. We had a session zero when we were, when we wanted to play um, the Lindworm game. Oh, well, one because we had to figure out how to play it, and two, we had to figure out what the rules were. <laughs> so, and what was the name of that game? Camp something Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, I don't know, but it was a. Luckily, Bay and Morgan were there to to <laughs> explain the rules. Yeah. Yes, now top ten in my book. Anyway, so that that we have had a session zero, just yes, but not very often. Usually, I do it over email, or I just say make a character and send me the. Because you're usually playing with the same people who know your your table rules, like yes. no evil characters and stuff like that. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, so they can recite them blindfolded. So if someone throws you for a loop, ask them why, what their motivation is, and then figure out if and you can no. deal with it. Figure out if if you and the other play, character player char- players can actually play with this anomaly that they want to do yeah correct so there you go good luck i don't envy you (laughs) this is gaming perspectives with saul angeline (laughs) you have a good day